This is Dan, Crisis Hotline Extraordinaire. Uh, yeah, hello. Uh, I'm not sure if I called the right number. This is the Crisis Hotline. Uh, do you have a crisis that you are going through right now? Yes. Um, my, my cat, he keeps uh, showing me his butthole. Oh, well, sir, I have I have just the thing for you. See, I forgot what they were called, but I saw them advertised on Facebook once, and it's essentially a little jewel that you put around your cat's tail that just droops over its butthole, so you don't have to look at it anymore. Uh, well, what if I want to look at it? Is that your crisis? Uh... Sir, get your tongue... I gotta go, bye! <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Indie Film Review. What is happening? I don't even know, we're not even in control of our own bit. Oh my god. And uh, that is Dan. Hey Dan, Hi, hi everyone. Um, people call me Dan, but other people who... Um, call you Juice? Other people call me Juice because... Or OJ. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to lead... Um, Manhunt chases and white broncos. Oh man, we like to make topical jokes on. Oh, this dude, show. like ninety fucking four. What was that? <laughs> I wasn't even. I was conscious, but I don't remember much of it. I do oh, remember man. seeing a white okay. car on TV. Anyway, we watched a film called Crisis. We are the indie film review. We review independent films here, and we are going to review one for you. That is true. That is what the show is. Uh, this was sent to us, Crisis, by James Hodge. James Hodge, writer and director and star of this lovely mm. little film called Crisis. He, uh, yeah, he basically plays all the characters. There's a few intermittent characters, but this is a, like a single person film with limited locations. So that's what it makes me, it makes me think like this has to be a COVID, you know, this feels like a COVID film. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And let's just jump right into it. Dan. Jared. Question for you. Mm-hmm. As a COVID film, did you feel claustrophobic with the the limited settings? You know what I mean? The limited shot location. Absolutely. Um, I believe that the film was intentionally shot in close quarters to make you feel claustrophobic. Uh... Um, the cinematography is very, very up close and personal to the character in question. A lot of the time, or most of the film, actually. Mm-hmm. I have to say, just the cinematography in general is gorgeous in this film. Just all the compositions. Like, you know, the, the majority of the film takes place in this guy's bedroom. The whole film takes place in this guy's bedroom. Yeah. And it's an hour and 24 minutes long. And I was not bored a single time yeah. looking at this film. Yeah. And you know what I would say? I think that's a big credit. One, to a lot of the camera work that he does. He puts in a lot of effort to give you dynamic, interesting shots. Yes. A lot of effort. Another thing that really does a lot of heavy lifting in this is the writing. I think the writing is really good. Oh, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Jared. I am so glad you brought that up. Where does my note? <laughs> I said, dude, the dialogue is so good. So good. Jared, here's a question for you. Is John Jim not one of your favorite antagonists ever? <laughs> John Jim, this motherfucker. So he, uh, we haven't explained what he this is movie is about. So kind of explain so it. So good. I just want to say, oh, that's right. We forgot to do that part. 
<laughs> so, okay, before we get into John Jim, Crisis is about a man named Ludlow, but people call him Luddy, and he is a Crisis hotline caller or crisis hotline receiver yes so people just call the hotline and they kind of complain about their problems and vent for the time being and then they leave but he is kind of at the end of his rope he's he's a dead-end job and he doesn't he you can tell he's like not really feeling it he doesn't like his boss things like that and then he gets a call from a man named john jim Mm -hmm. and john jim kind of turns his world upside down and then some John Jim sends him spiraling upward, but then later in the day, John Jim sends him spiraling downward. Mm-hmm. John Jim. So it's like a really cool narrative arc that we're not spoiling, but it's it's a very a roller coastery of emotion. Yes, it's it's awesome, and I I, I think the narrative and the dialogue are probably I, I I don't know. In addition to the cinematography, the strongest part of the film, the the dialogue especially. That's what holds you into this film. Like every conversation that Ludlow has with every person, not just John Jim, but because he gets a bunch of calls during the day. Mm -hmm. Every conversation he has is somewhat interesting. And some of them are silly. Some of them are gross. Some of them tug at your heartstrings like hardcore. Because some people really call with crisis. Uh, situations. Yes. And yeah, this this movie made me feel a range of emotions and just about all of them worked. So that's a pretty big triumph for this little short uh indie film. Well, not a short film. This is a this is definitely a long film, but a low budget indie film. Dan, I have to say we get a lot of movies and we've seen a lot of movies about suicide on this show. Yes. And each different film we get, I mean, it's a big topic in everyone's lives. I understand why filmmakers want to cover it. Uh, you know, it's it's a topic that I f- it definitely um, everyone can relate to. And I think this movie does such a good job of tackling the idea of suicide in a very interesting way that I haven't seen before and in a very comprehensive way. Uh, and I, th- mm-hmm. that's definitely a credit to the writing. I think the writing is so good in this that it really makes this take that we've seen a lot, makes it really fresh and almost like the pinnacle of this type of a film. Absolutely. Like it, I think it might be one of the best films that deals with depression. And Jared, are we, are we really going to gush over it this early? Yeah. <laughs> this early Jared, uh, um, top five films of the year maybe even top oh three oh my god it, i feel like we keep it doing is, that like every other episode it's like we don't like it or it's the best film we've ever seen <laughs> jared you don't understand like all the other ones yes they are good 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 they're groot all the other ones are groot i am groot <laughs> no seriously this film i don't know how to describe it everything worked the cinematography the writing the acting I'm going to try, I'm going to try to pick it apart like you do. 
Like, you know, whenever you, you gush all over it, but you want to be fair Poke and like, try to pick things up. Oh, yeah, we always it's do that. so hard. Yes. So hard to find things that are wrong with this film. And I, I found one scene like that that I could talk about in spoilers. Let me tell you about this. Like, okay, so we got this film as a screener, and it's a YouTube screener, so we can see the thumbnail of it. And it's just a guy smiling with his face really close to the camera. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to like this if that's well yeah because it, it feels it feels like I wasn't going to like it oh, but yeah. this film took me by such a surprise because we watched the film earlier where it was just a dude video like filming himself remember he was like he got catfished I forget what the name of the film was yeah and that film was not great it was hard to watch and I, I think a lot of that was the camera work in the writing but in this film all of that was so good that I was able to keep my attention in these small confined spaces because he, yeah. it's like he used every part of the buffalo, is what I'm trying to say. Whereas the other film... He boiled down the head, made the head cheese. Oh, man. And I ate the head cheese. <laughs> what is head cheese? I want to take a tangent. Whenever... Okay, so head cheese traditionally is they take the, the head of a goat or a pig and they boil it down and they use all of the nasty stuff that's inside the head and it congeals... And it forms a loaf, and then you slice the loaf and you eat it on sandwiches. So, like, brain matter? Yeah. Oh, my God. And eyeballs. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Oh, no! <laughs> There's a whole monologue in Texas Chainsaw Massacre about it. Like, mm. Do you not remember that movie? No, I don't. You have homework. So, uh, Dan, let's do one more round of questions. Why not? Jared... Okay, so you know whenever you're watching these films that take place all in one room and you're like, are we going to leave the room? Mm-hmm. And this film made it so that we didn't need to leave the room. You know, we were so engaged in the dialogue, but then you left the room. And how awesome was it to see these gorgeous Washington State forests covered in mist and it was it was one of the most beautiful shots mm -hmm. of Washington I've ever or seen. Or the dream was sequence crazy. was so cool. Jared, you're getting me all over the place. So here we go. Capital letters. B-E-S-T. Best filmic interpretation of a dream I have ever seen. Really disjointed with a vague explanation over top. That's all yeah, dreams yeah. are. You are trying to make sense of these really strange images that just come into your mind. Yeah. Unbelievable. I have not seen a dream sequence like that in any film ever. Mm. It was so realistic to me. Well, I, I mean, Lynch That's does a lot me. of stuff with dreams, but he's not narrating over what is happening in the dream normally. It's just like you are in the dream. Like you cannot distinguish reality from the dream. No, I, I, this was I get him describing saying. it to a caller. But yeah, go ahead. I get what you're saying. And the, the narration certainly helps. But the way the dream is filmed, it's very jarring and disjointed and it kind of glitches a little bit so it's it, it it makes you feel off put the entire time like lynch knows how to create that atmosphere just by the mise-en-scene but this was camera work and this was editing that fixed it and it it, it made it so fragmentary that it, it I, I don't know it, it very 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 impressed me yeah i 100 percent agree and cutting to those things was a real warm welcome. And just when I was feeling like, I could leave this room, the movie's like, you know what? You're right. We are going to leave this room. <laughs> I'm like, yay. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
I wasn't bored really throughout this entire film just because of the pacing was so good on those like, you know, it would always give you something new. Once it started to get to the point where you're like, all right, we've seen enough of this because the first 30 minutes is Luddy with Jim. It's like his first mm -hmm. phone call. And you really start to establish this base and foundation of what the rest of the film is going to be. And um, then after that, after that first 30 minutes and they start playing that music and then it's like, oh, no, no, all that was just the prologue to what the actual film. And I was like, oh, damn, dude, that was so well done. I just feel like, again, I'm just so impressed by how small this crew was, how low of a budget this was. It could have been like one hundred dollars, maybe less. And and just how well done everything is. I'm curious to know what they filmed with, because the 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 quality of the image, that camera, that's probably where the budget. Oh, is. yeah. Like, oh yeah. That God. camera was good. So, Jared, let's start getting into the spoiler aspect of the film. If you would like to watch the film. Um, mm, good question. I don't know. Jim, help us promote your film, please, because this is I, I don't know. It's an incredible watch. I think a lot of people need to see it. I, I can recommend this film to anybody, I think. So if you go to YouTube and look up Jimmy Hodge, H-O-D-G-E, Jimmy Hodge, uh, or or you can look up the Crisis trailer, uh, you can at least watch the trailer, but I don't know where you can watch the film because we got an, uh, an unlisted link for it. So hopefully he releases it somewhere. It was kind of hard to find information on this movie. Very hard. There's nothing out there. So I'm I'm hoping he releases it full force in the next year. If he reaches out to us, we will definitely try to promote it for sure. Uh, but yeah, we're going to spoil the balls out of this movie. Get ready to be spoiled. Okay, Dan, go ahead. So we have to talk about Kevin. the first phone call in order to set the context of the film. Kevin? We have to talk about Kevin, yes. Um, so this film introduces John Jim. John Jim. And you you start to realize that he is going to be some kind of force in this film because of the musical cues you are getting. You get a lot of slow and almost invisible. They're so subtle, but you get a lot of slow zoom ins mm -hmm. to Ludlow's face while these really, really kind of ominous chords are playing as John Jim is talking. So that kind of sets him up to be this creepy dude and the way he's talking, it's like there's a certain affectation to his voice. And then you finally get revealed that he's a psychopath and he is openly admitting this to him or him being Ludlow. And that whole sequence, that whole first 30 minutes is so important. And the music is so important. And then we get the, the happy music towards that 30 minute mark where basically Ludlow gets off the phone with Jim because Jim's like, okay, I got to go work now, but it was nice talking to you. And Ludlow has a new lease on life because of the conversation he has with Jim. And it's, it's interesting because Jim is like openly telling him, Hey, I don't experience feelings like normal people. And my whole life I've been climbing that corporate ladder and never suffered any consequences with anybody that I've hurt or stepped on along the way. He's like, I reached the top and I'm looking down at the aftermath and he's like, I don't really feel much. And he's like, oh, well, you might, you know, it, it must have all came crumbling down for you. He's like, not really. Just that the people that I lives I destroy without caring, uh, sometimes they commit suicide or they die. And then I, I leave in a selfish way because, you know, I don't want to be around 
people that don't like me. So he like he'll leave to a different company and then do the same thing there. So it's almost like he is just this negative force in everyone's life. And this is the person he's trying to help to not commit suicide. Go ahead. It's hinted at that the people that have committed suicide around John Jim have committed suicide because he talked them mm-hmm. into it. Well, you find that out at the end for sure. Well, that's how he's the psychopath. And the 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 narrative arc that we take is John Jim gets inside of Ludlow's head mm-hmm. and Ludlow has a new lease on life, like I said, but then around maybe 30 minutes left in the movie, he gets a call back and then he starts to tear him down and say, life's not worth it and trying to get him to commit yes. suicide. John Jim is doing the same shit that he does to everybody mm-hmm. else to Ludlow and Ludlow is falling for it. So Ludlow gives up on that. Then we get the whole amazing Washington countryside. And then later he calls on the personal cell phone because Ludlow loses his job. Well, we'll we'll talk about that soon. But he has like a battle of wits for the last 20 minutes of the movie, like just with John Jim and Ludlow. Mm -hmm. And just that whole relationship. I I have to praise it so much. I mean, if we gave out awards... We've been seeing a lot of really strong short films recently for this year. We'd give out some good, strong awards. This would probably be my independent film of the year. Which, for sure. I mean, Jared uh, and, and listeners, lo- looking forward to this in the future, I think we should have like a wrap-up, a year-end Maybe wrap-up um, podcast where we, we both pick our top five. Yeah, maybe we should, man. For we the year and revisit them. I don't know. Uh, let me go through some of the, just the little uh, interstitials and, and different scenes in the movie that I want to talk about. Yes, please. So Ludlow, or Luddy as I like to call him, he has recently gone through a separation from his wife. His marriage has been a complete failure. He had many signs that his, his marriage wasn't going well, and he kind of just chose to ignore them, right? Jem says this to Luddy, I think on their first phone call, he goes, help those who can help you dismiss the rest. And I feel like this was the first indication that maybe John Jem wasn't such a good guy. You know what I mean? I was like, ooh, what is his deal? Because that was a real, it's like, okay, he did say he was a psychopath. So it's like, all right, but... Uh, it really felt like he was he was more saying these things to influence Ludlow instead of just trying to be mm-hmm. uh, more confessional, I guess. Oh, when Jim started really pushing him about Ludlow telling about his dream, because remember his dream was about like yeah. hurting his wife. He's like, well, tell me, did you hurt your wife? Tell me all about the dream. I wrote in my notes, Jim is a freaking snake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like this guy is a fucking snake. This guy is no good. He should never have agreed because the whole agreement was that Jem wants to go on a journey with Ludlow. He's like, listen, I'm trying to figure out if I want to kill myself and maybe you can convince me otherwise, but I need you to dedicate basically an entire day to help me and I'm going to call you throughout the day and we're going to have these conversations and maybe you can give me a reason to live. When in reality, he is trying to convince Ludlow to kill himself. He's trying to give him not a reason yes. to live. And he does that first by like uh, saying that, oh, I really like your writing and I think you're a very interesting person and blah, blah, blah. He's, v- he's being very flattering and blah, blah, blah. And then once he gains his trust, he starts to slowly manipulate him and make him feel bad about himself, almost like a cult leader or something. Oh, it was wonderful. It was great. 
So another thing is uh, when he has the the spinning camera on the phone. So before Jem even calls for the first time, this is like really ominous zoom in and he's got the camera camera just spinning around in a circle with this ominous mm-hmm. music and it it sets up so good you're like okay whatever's going to happen whoever's on that phone it's not going to be good and i just love that communication to us as the audience of like oh this is so creepy and it was such a simple thing that he did but what an effective way to communicate the dread or like fear of the unknown just from that just from like a simple thing yeah he could have just filmed the phone and then the film rang and then he picked it up because okay when this film first started i was like oh no i'm feeling uneasy because how does the film start the film starts with an alarm going off and a man waking up and he's like oh i'm waking Mm. up and you're like oh my god how many films have i seen especially independent films where somebody (laughs) wakes up from a like i've made films like this i made films like this they're terrible i I went to yeah i i went to don't do it like film school and one of the one of the classes they were like film school no-nos and they gave us a huge list of things that they don't want to see ever in a student yes. film and the first thing is don't have your character wake up in the first and scene because it's like oh well, how does the film start my character wakes up so i was already like on the back of my heels you know i'm just like oh no what have i got myself into but then immediately after that he opens a drawer and there's like some underwear and then a gun right there and immediately i'm like oh yeah i'm interested Did in what's going on yeah so from there the film gets so good. So I'm glad it beat my expectations initially of what was going on. All right. So um, there is. There, there, Are we going to talk about Maddie? After he has. Is that the girl? Yes. Well, you talk about what you want to talk about. Well, we'll talk about two phone calls. So first of all, during the scene where John Jim has. John Jim. Had an effect on Ludlow. Yeah. He has an effect on Ludlow and Ludlow now is happy and he's. He's probing his collars now instead of just listening to the vent. He's like trying to help them. And he's he he attributes this newfound way of working to John Jim. He says that later in the film. Mm-hmm. But there's this really, really weird scene where he this guy calls and he just he you can you can tell what he's doing. He's masturbating. And Ludlow asks, Are you are you masturbating right now? He's like well, not anymore, but that's the first time I was able to finish with a guy on the phone. <laughs> he says he has a really feminine voice, and then he hangs up. Man, and that it shit made was me, good. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. I'm a child, but that's it was so funny. Did we mention that that Jimmy Hodge plays the main character and the villain? And I had no idea that he played the other character on the phone. He did such a good job. That's just what I wanted to say. Yes. Um, I think you had another dream or not dream sequence. I think you had another uh, phone call you want to talk about too, before we wrap up. Yeah. So the, the really heavy one, the really heavy one is like trigger warning guys. No, it's a phone call from a girl named Maddie. Maddie's 14. And um, she is dealing with a terrible, abuse situation at home and that situation basically is her stepfather and her mother are well we don't i mean they're she's, they're letting, abusing her right i mean what else do we need yeah, to say they're, yeah we're not gonna say that much but they're they're super super abusing her and they it's graphic detail and you're like oh my god and then 
Um, Ludlow openly weeps after listening to this. Well, because he's begging her to tell him where she is. Yeah. So he can help her. And she hurries off the phone. And she's like, well, I'm calling from a payphone, so you can't even trace the call or whatever. And he's already had a mental break at this point in the film where he started to yell and freak out at his callers. And then he gets this shit. And now he feels so helpless that he he just cannot help anyone. Yeah. And uh, what a powerful scene. Unexpected. I mean, this movie really puts you through a range of emotions that I did not think it was going to be able to do. And can I say, I haven't even said this yet. The acting from Jim Hodge in this, he was great in this movie. So, okay, one small critique I'll say. There was one moment near the end of the film where Jim is talking about, he's like, oh, uh, remember how I made you feel so good in in the beginning of our phone calls? And they do like a weird flashback. It was like an abrupt cut Mm -hmm. from from Luddy's face, and then it cuts to Luddy's face again because the flashback was the same shot Mm -hmm. that was very abrupt. It was, it was strange. I wish they didn't actually cut to like a flashback there. It felt very disjointed, but ah, yeah, that, that did not, that didn't bother me too much. But the, the thing that kind of bothered me was that point of the narrative where he starts getting really angry at everybody. I don't know. That just, that was where the narrative felt like it was getting weak to Mm -hmm. me personally. But Mm -hmm. what was awesome about it was there were so many amazing silhouette shots of him screaming at people. So the cinematography in that scene is good. Another scene where the cinematography is amazing, um, it cuts to whenever he leaves the house and we go out into the Washington wilderness. Mm -hmm. It cuts to this crazy shot. It's like everything is pitch black except for like a half moon white circle. And I'm like, is that the moon on the horizon? What the fuck am I looking at? And as the film goes on, you find out that it's the edge of a tunnel that we're getting closer to. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that was awesome. Yeah. That was so cool. So really cool, really cool cinematography there. So one little thing I want to end on too is Luddy does freak out, like almost to the point where you're like, is this a realistic, this guy's really kind of losing his mind after getting berated by some yeah. dude. But then you think about it because they, they address this in the movie. They're like, okay, This guy was mean to him on the phone. He said some really terrible things. But then the only reason that Luddy acted in this way is because he believes that what this person said was true. Yeah. And that Jem doesn't necessarily, he's like convincing them that they are worthless. He's not saying that they are worthless. He's making them think that they themselves are worthless. Which is why I think the dialogue is so great, because that's a very complex idea. Jim is basically just the little voice in your head that says all the bad shit. (laughs) Which makes it significant that it's played by the same actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and that's just like the weird thought that you had of like shower thoughts. Like those like, why why is my brain torturing me on on things? That's Jim. That's little gems in your brain. It's just such a good representation of, of negative thoughts. And I'm like, damn. What a good job as a, as a real character in this, he is a, is a real entity. I thought for sure that well, Jared Jim was going to come and kill him or something, <laughs> but I'm kind of glad it went the way it did. It's interesting that you bring that up, Jared. Cause if you, if you rearrange the letters <gasps> in John Jim, it, it spells out negative thoughts. No way, dude. You just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. All right, so that's the show. 
Thank you all for watching. Uh, Dan, what do we what do we do when we promote here? I'm so lost. Oh, Jared, we we do plugs. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. You can be like Jim. Jim did that. Jim is good. You you want to be Jim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jim Jam. Jim Jam. Uh, yep. So, necropoticon.com. Please go there and click on the link to the Discord. A lot of other cool podcasts like us are on there. So, you know, go check it out. That's all I gotta say. I'm tired. Yeah, also, there is a Patreon just just look for it yeah what is it indie <laughs> film you, review patreon you feel so inclined. hold on i'll get it it's uh yeah just uh indie film review patreon that's it uh so yeah go check it out really if you just you know you want to sponsor us you can if not that's fine we're fine but uh if you want to get bumped up on that uh film list and get your film reviewed much sooner then uh, you can do that too you know whatevs dan you got the final word jared it is my duty in this life. Yeah, you said duty to make you feel less than a human being. Oh fuck! Do not, do not trivialize my threats with shit <laughs> and excrement and duty, duty. Are you searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale set in a world in a siege by cosmic horrors? One that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party's struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams. Keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropoticon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.